Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Today, we're going to get into a topic uh, talking about isolation to succeed. And um, what I mean by that is, you know, you see a lot of people in the world, they follow the crowd and they um, are always kind of piggybacking, especially you see this in, in younger individuals, like they piggyback kind of off of whatever their friends are doing or uh, whatever society is doing at the time rather than, you know, going their own way. Um, so as always, I kind of like to tell stories. So I'm going to tell some stories today. Story time. Story time with Justin. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, my experience with it and then, uh, get into a little bit deeper on the topic and explain myself a little bit. Um, you know, I can remember, you know, I always look back to the transitional time that I've always talked about is like when I joined the military and all that stuff. Um, but this kind of started like even before that, um, when, like before I went, you know, I, I had started working out, uh, more intensely. You know, I started working with a guy that was a former, uh, special warfare guy, he's an EOD tech. Um, and I started to kind of acclimate myself to that style of training. And, um, you know, I can remember, it's funny, like how quick things picked up. Cause like. I was trying, I remember like trying to get back into running and things like that. And like, I would run like a couple hundred yards and like feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, to the point where like, you know, I would run, I remember like, uh, in the middle of November. So I I had left, you know, for boot camp. I think that next February, but I think it was like middle November. So it's not very warm out. Right. Right. Um, I ran, you know, I'd been running a little bit, working out a little bit. And I decided to go out one day and I went on a run. That was about, um, about three miles. All right. And it's, you know, kind of uphill, downhill kind of thing. And then you get a straight, uh, leg back down, like the main straight, uh, main street of the, um, town I grew up in. And, uh, you know, I come back feeling pretty good, you know, and I don't know what kicked in, but it was like that initiative, like that isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Like go do more. So I went and, um, I rode my bike at the time. Like my, my parents, uh, were separated, living, you know, different places. And I, I, I don't even know like whose bike it was. I can't remember this day, but it was just like some, you know, basic mountain bike, I guess. And I hop on it and I ride it. And, uh, my mom's house about nine miles away. Okay. Um, now mind you again, it's this is November. It's not warm out. Right. And it's dark. Yeah. You know? So I decided to hop on the bike and rode over there. Didn't tell anyone. Just <laughs> jumped on. <laughs> and I get there and, you know, I get to my mom's house and I walk in and I told her what I just did. And I started thinking, I'm like, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. So I start doing like body weight stuff. And, <laughs> you know, here she is. She's talking to uh, the guy that was you know, helping me kind of, uh, my, through my pathway, he wasn't like training me really per se, but just kind of telling me like, you need to go do this, do this, make sure you're mentally prepared, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so she's on the phone with him and I can remember her talking about like, um, you know, what I just did and like, okay, now he's doing like pushups on the ground, you know? So, um, but it was in that moment, like when I, decided that what I was going to do, it was literally, and this is how they, this is how they fucking get you, <laughs> you know? So I'd always been like, you know, since like the nine 11 thing, 
um, and you know, the whole war going on. Um, I had always like been angry about it, you know, obviously just like every other American at the time, just like, you know, what the fuck? Um, but I literally got one of those flyers in the mail that talked about being like in Naval special warfare. Okay. And I was like, I could fucking do that. Right. And I remember telling my friends, uh, my friend was in the army at the time and he like kind of laughed about it Mm -hmm. in a way. He's like, Oh, that's hard. You know, this and that. Okay. Fuck you. That's what I wanted to tell him. Yeah. But, um, I can remember like sitting up, you know, for nights and nights, like when I started to push away from what my friends were doing and push away from like what everyone was doing, I isolated myself in this bubble Mm -hmm. for a couple months before I went into the military. And so every day I woke up, it was about, uh, training, you know, that that's when that mindset kind of kicked in and mentality kicked in of, of like training every day. Um, and you know, trying to get sleep, trying to rest up, things like that, get my mind prepared. Uh, so flash forward, you know, going to the military, come out of it. And, um, when I was in, um, we're not going to talk a school, let's get past that and go out to San Diego. Um, you show up and uh, I think pretty much almost right away, we went out for like a few weeks or whatever, but we come back, I get settled into what uh, is known as like the barracks, which is think about it just, you're living in a hotel room. Okay. It's basically what it was. Um, but it, what was weird in, in any type of barrack situation I was ever in, my roommates were never there. So I don't know, like they had other places to live or be or whatever. And it was just, they were assigned there, but maybe that's what happened a lot. I mean, like people just, you'd go to the person's house that maybe had the, the, uh, housing pay and got a house yeah. and all this, and you would go crash on their couch, wherever. So, um, you know, it's hardly over there. And I can remember like days, you know, weekends, especially, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, during the week going to work, but like days, I, I, I didn't talk to a human being. Like I didn't communicate and there was no like smartphones and stuff, you know, it wasn't like, um, I think just FaceTime somebody if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. There was none of that. It was just basically like the old flip phone text. Maybe you could call someone, whatever. Um, and the, uh, like I didn't have a computer, couldn't afford a computer. I couldn't afford internet or anything. If I wanted to get on the computer internet, I had to walk down like, um, probably close to a quarter mile or so, maybe a little further mm-hmm. to go to the little rec center that had like computers and stuff. Yeah. Um, so obviously I wasn't going to, you know, go there like, you know, unless I was going to work out or something yeah. um, or I was really bored. But I remember I started to, um, you know, I, isolate myself to where I was focusing on training. I was, you know, going, eating when I had to. Um, I was reading a lot. That's when I read the lone survivor. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of helped my mentality and things too. Um, but when you haven't talked to a human being in a few days and you, you've, you know, you've seen people here and they're like, I went out to eat or whatever, yeah. but I was just more, I became introverted more and I was always mm-hmm. someone that was kind of more outgoing and stuff. Um, to where like at that point you start to get in your own thoughts and your own head, you know, and that's all you have. Mm-hmm. So it really honed me in on like where I needed to go, what I needed to do, you know, my priorities in life. And I didn't give a fuck what everyone else was doing. You know, even back then it was like, you know, if there was a party here or there, maybe I wasn't going, you know, maybe I was whatever. Um, 
but I, I really wasn't doing much outside of that for a very long time. And, um, that's when I, I started to kind of get this, this state of like, I'm not going to follow what everyone else is doing. Cause I started to realize like I'm on a completely different path, you know, and it started to be that, like, I became the like, quote unquote, fitter guy in the command, you know, we're, we're in a command of like three, 4,000 people. And, you know, I'm starting to be like the person everyone goes to about like fitness advice and getting in shape. And it was well known because there's only a handful of guys that come through the command that try to go to special warfare. Um, and sometimes you'll get a dropout that came through like quit or whatever and Mm -hmm. talk to them, figure out why they quit. Um, but that's when my, my hardened mindset started to set in of like, uh, focusing on the little tasks each day to get done. Right. And, Flash forward, like when I got out of the military is when like, at first you're always going to have that time of like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. I don't, you know, you, you know, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't, you don't know how to quite get there yet. You know, it's going to be a yeah. building process, um, in a way, but I always had like that, uh, predetermination in my head of like where I was going. Mm-hmm. I just like it was like that nervousness of like, okay, like take this step, take that step, you know, and I became certified and all this stuff and just trying to build my clientele and this, but it was when I came back and I saw that a lot of people were still doing the same fucking shit. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, go a couple years later, getting into my mid twenties, like people are still doing the same shit. And that's when I really started to, to separate. And it was, you know, people, mind you, like I was going out and like drinking, having fun, you know, all that stuff. But, um, it, it was a priority to succeed in some way. That's when like, you know, I talk about like my Facebook investment before and like, mm-hmm. uh, different investments I made, like that's when those started to happen. That's when, um, I started to try to push myself to another level. And this is, you know, post knee surgery, post uh, Crohn's surgery, you know, and that, that did kind of hinder me for, you know, a good year or so. Um, cause they were like, boom, boom, one after another, um, to where like I had to focus on just getting healthy again, you know, mm-hmm. and recovering and being, you know, at a certain level. Um, but you know, I think, I think this is like where people get caught up and I'm seeing it now with like some of my younger clients is, and we all remember what it's like to be in our early twenties or whatever, late teens. And you want to go out and you want to do whatever they're doing. And and everyone's in their own niche. Yeah. You know, that might be like, you know, you go drink all the time. That might be, you go travel all the time. That might be you, uh, you just simply, you know, get on the road and go, I don't know, for drives on your motorcycles. I don't know. Whatever little club yeah. you're kind of in. That's, I feel like that's how it is. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are just in these little clubs with each other, you know. Um, and they're so focused on what this person's doing on social media and like, you know, and that's hard to not get caught up in, you know, uh, what, you know, what other people are doing or uh, that yeah, person that might be succeeding or that person that might be hating or that person that might be doing um you know, doing what you want to do and, uh, there might be doing it better or whatever, or maybe yep. you're an athlete and they're stronger, you know, whatever. It's hard to not get caught up in that, but you have to block it out. Right. And that's another reason why I say if like you start to, to, to shut that down a little bit. And I'm not saying like, tell everyone to fuck off, but like, 
just don't focus on it so much. Redirect. Mm-hmm. You can still post. You can still throw up what you're doing, but then redirect yourself away from what everyone else is doing, right? Mm-hmm. And just keep on focusing on your path. Um, I think David Goggins posted this recently talking about how he just, he doesn't jump on social media much and he doesn't like scroll and he doesn't like fire back at people, but then he decided to like some UFC fighter called him out or something oh God. Uh, or boxer or something called him out on his like fitness or mm-hmm. whatever. And he like challenged him. He called back at him. Like I'll challenge you to come, you know, bike with me or whatever. It's that same mentality. Like you think he gives a fuck. Like I, I guarantee you he could shut down his social media today and he'll do all right in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I guarantee he never had to have that social media to probably still do all right in life. Right. right. Sure. It's helped. Um, I'm sure he sold a lot of books off of it, mm-hmm. um, and stuff, but, um, yeah, blocking that shit out. Like that is the number one way in my mind. Like that's the number one way to get ahead is stop fucking looking at what everyone else is doing. And I, and, and is that what you mean when you say isolation? Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I don't mean like, don't be like me. Like you don't have to go like sit in a hotel room by yourself and your (laughs) thoughts and like read books and, you know, just think like every night I went to bed and I just think, I just thought about being on deployment in that group, you know, in, in a special warfare group gone all the time. Didn't give a fuck. Like I I tell us to people like that or think about going in. Um, there's a guy from here, his, his son's thinking about going and being a seal and, um, I told him to tell him like, if he ever wants to come talk, he can come talk. Like mm-hmm. I'll explain, I've been around enough guys. I'll tell you what the mindset's like, you know? Um, but I didn't give a fuck. I truly didn't like go, go deploy me for 250, 280 days out of the year. I don't give a shit. I got nothing here at home. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't give up. Like I was on borderline. Like if I die, I die, you know, okay. if, cause people, you know, that's the thing. Like, Oh, what if you go to war? And this, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I was in, in that mode. Right. Right. Um, so (laughs) I'm thinking about the guys I was in that had that same mindset for special forces. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you couldn't scare them for anything. And you, to the point where you would think that they weren't being realistic about what they were trying to get themselves into. Yeah. And you realize like, no, they get it. No, they just don't care. Yeah. And that's, that's why you see like a lot of these guys are very, um, it's not, it's not quite what you see like in movies. Um, they're very intelligent. They're very quick moving. They're very, when a task needs done, it gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no excuses to that task not being done. Um, and it's like they're alphas all the way. Like the, the I promise you a special warfare community doesn't, does not like recruit whiny little bitches. Um, it does not recruit beta people. Like it recruits alphas. Mm-hmm. Like that is, if you're not an alpha, you will not make it because they will shred you apart verbally, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything. And you have to be tough enough to take it. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think like a lot of people talk and, uh, you know, a lot of people want to be loud on the internet and things like that. Um, but a lot of times there's the people who aren't doing anything and that's the truth. You know, you see it all the time with like, um, you know, in the fitness industry with the people that are always like, uh, calling this person out, calling that person out, look at me, like, mm-hmm. you know, so, so self-centered on everything they're doing that those are usually the weak ones. Like maybe not, maybe not in their sport, but mentally they're just weak and they will break. 
and that's your chance to kind of surpass those people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but in everything, like I said, I think bringing yourself into that mindset, like of not caring what's going on around you, you know, that's like, take for instance, like you're in your uh, PhD, right? Mm -hmm. You're teaching and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say this does, doesn't happen, but like Good. if one of your buddies, one of your friends texts you about something really fucking stupid, you're probably not going to answer it back for a while or, you know, especially if it's something like very, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, I do this a lot too. And people think I'm like, Oh, I'm hard, hard to get a hold of her. And Oh, I, you didn't answer me back and this and that. It's like, you understand, like, look at when you got a hold of me, like that I'm working on something else. And like, I usually get back to them later or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sounds like selfish and like you're an asshole, but it's, it's really not like you're focusing. Are those people going to pay your bills if you don't make it through your PhD or your, you know, if you don't, if you don't go to class because you went out and got hammered with the boys and you're right. not there to teach, you know, are, are they going to take care of that bill for you? No. God, no. You know, I don't see so you say you use the word selfish and I think that people have this negative view of it and I mean, maybe there's a different word you could use with it. You say like it's self-respecting mm -hmm. with it or, but I don't think that, especially when you look at the idea of, even if it's mentally isolating yourself, no. yeah, that's selfish, but it's for your own good. Yeah. It's for the betterment of what you need to do. And, you know, maybe there is a different word that doesn't have a negative connotation with it, like selfish does. Yeah. But I think that that's a positive and beneficial thing to do where like, I'm going to focus on me. Yeah. I'm going to focus on what I need to do. And if someone sees that as me being selfish, well, then I'm sorry that you feel that way. But yeah, that's what I need to do to take care of myself and yeah. to take care of my goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, think of like, let's just take like a fitness goal, for example. Like, you have to become so, when you become solely focused on that, so it changes things. So, like, your friends want you to go to Florida. Hey, it's warm. It's getting cold. Ohio. Let's run to Florida. Uh, sorry. You know, I got to train this mm -hmm. and that. Not only that, let's think that monetary side, like, okay, no, I'm going to save that money and I'm going to put it into some investment because I'm, I don't want to go travel. Sorry. Like, right. you know, um, so not only did you just win out on your fitness goal, but you're winning out on that goal. Like, boom, there you go. I'm going to try not to turn this into like a money lesson, but just saying that's <laughs> it finds its way to like to creep into the conversation, <laughs> yeah. but like that's a way of looking at it as a win. Right. So what do you do? You're at home, you're making your meals, you're resting, you're getting ready, you're working out, you're doing whatever productive mm -hmm. for your uh, career goals, your business goals or whatever. Right. Yeah. So something I noticed, um, you know, lately I've been doing more cardio bodybuilding workouts and things like that. Um, before with like my nutrition, I would think, okay, how is this going to fuel me? You know, how is this going to better my squat? How is this going to better like me deadlifting or mm -hmm. whatever? Right. What effect is this going to have on my body? And, you know, switching kind of to the gears I have, like now when I'm making my food, I'm thinking about, okay, like one second, I think I'm going to burp. Oh, damn. Caffeine. <laughs> ah, bang energy makes you burp okay so 
you know, do we get sponsorship dollars for throwing that in? We there? should. <laughs> Bang, where are you at? Um, first one's free. So, you know, now when I'm like cooking food or making food or whatever, um, because I am in a sense trying to become a little bit leaner, trying to become, um, try, trying to have just like a better physique look mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, at the same time, like I'm trying to balance this all right to kind of create one healthy human being. I'm not trying to be like show shredded. I'm not trying to run, you know, a marathon. Right. And I'm also not trying to be, you know, world's strongest man. Like I'm not trying to power lift right. um, to the top end of my abilities. Right. So I'm trying to kind of balance this all out. So lately I've noticed like when I'm cooking my food, I'm worrying about like, okay, how's this going to change the look of my body? Okay. How is this going to, um, if I am like going on a run or something that day, or I'm doing a more intense leg workout, okay, how's this going to fuel that workout to change the appearance of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So those are things I kind of focus on, you know, and that's what I mean by that, that isolation is like get in your own head, focus on what you're doing. And when you want to, and I'm, I'm guilty of, I ate fucking pizza this weekend. You know what I mean? Like we all do it. You fired. Yeah, no, goddamn. Everyone on nutrition sure right now is like, look at this, <laughs> look at this guy, fucking eating pizza. Calls himself a nutrition coach. Anyway, so <laughs> um, we all do it, you know. But like, if I was gonna be trying to do a show, or if I was gonna be, you know, at my top end performance, you, th- I wouldn't, I wouldn't go eat that, right? right? Now, as I get further into this, if that's the route I want to go, is being leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner. I'm going to make that decision in that moment. Like, uh, no, you know what? Like, I'm not going to eat that because that's going to deter from the serious goal that I now have. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess you could call it hashtag balance right there of like, you know, maybe in that, that, that off season, you can get away with a little bit, depending on what your goal is, you know, the more stabilized you can be and the more isolated internally you can be, Mm-hmm. to that goal, the better you're going to be at it. And that's just facts, right? Right. Um, if you go, like I said, vacations, eat pizza, you know, four times a week. Okay. It's not good actually, but like if you're eating pizza twice a week, you know, if you're mm-hmm. uh, even, even eating out like un, unhealthy shit, mm-hmm. like, and I hate to use the word like unhealthy foods, but okay. Like if I have a choice between eating a steak, um, you know, some sweet potatoes and some, some vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 that's got a better nutritional value than rolling through McDonald's. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I am like a flexible approach in my nutrition for most people, but there does, there is a time when you have to stricken it up. It isn't all just life is fun and cheeseburgers every day and you know, all this stuff. And then your blood markers are all fucked up and then right. you have to correct that. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's what we've, you know, I've had to reel some of my clients in because I'll tell them like, I do take a little bit of a flexible approach. You can't eat this and like, don't think it's overly restrictive, but at the same time, then I find out like, you know, they're eating a day, multiple days where it's just like, there's no real like micronutrient value in any of the food you're eating, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, means not just macros. Yeah. It's not, it's not just, just (laughs) it's not just completely about the macro. So, especially if you're trying to reach a, a higher end, you know, top end level, like, um, oh, damn it, bang, <laughs> making me burp. Um, you know, if you're trying to reach a performance level, like there is going to be 
you know, certain micronutrients help with certain things. Mm -hmm. And that brings it up. If you're just that, you know, quarter percent better, half percent better, you know, from those micronutrients, what's that added up to, you know, over time. So, um, yeah, you got something. I completely forget what it was. We were, it was right before we started talking about micronutrients. I was waiting for a moment to say it, and then we started doing those ones. I'm just thinking about like supplements now. <laughs> God damn it! I forget what it was. Need some water. What? Yeah, these, these mics. Yep. Like die all of a sudden. Go. Maybe. With it. Got it. There right. we go. Well, that's fixed. What were we talking about prior to that? It was. Like body or show ready and physique and strong and balanced. Yeah, focusing on like what you're eating and stuff. And fitness. Oh, the Florida thing. There we yeah. go. There we go. So like I've had this happen where I had friends who said, hey, we're going on vacation. Do you want to come with us? And I said, no, because I have these other things I need yeah. to do. And like they would give me shit and be like, yeah. you know, you need to be able to live your life. You need to be able to have some fun yeah, every I've once in a while. Yeah. And I get that. And. We've talked about it in a lot of different ways. One of them being that they, you know they don't get it because that's not their priority, mm-hmm. or they're telling you that because like that's where their mind is yeah. that they view what you're doing as unnecessary because they don't get it. Yeah. Um, or sometimes like they're just they're jealous of what you're doing, and so they're putting onto you the guilt that they're feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to take a break because in their mind they're thinking I would take a break because I couldn't do what you're doing. Yeah. But. Like, you made a point with the the balance of strength, conditioning, uh, physique, where you're doing a little bit of all of it, not mm-hmm. focusing on any one part. And the isolation, if someone has it, that one of the things that they really enjoy, a goal or a priority, is like getting to travel, but that has to come secondary. It becomes this conversation, of, in a lot of ways, kind of like, like doing nutrition, of... Yeah. This is something I'd really like to be able to do, but this first goal of you know fitness or sports or athletics comes first. How can I still give myself you know a taste of that second goal in a way that doesn't you know deter too much that allows me to I don't have a like a day a staycation or a a day trip or something yeah. like that where you get to at least experience something, but it doesn't cost think, a lot of money doesn't take th- a lot of time I, th- I think like the mini you know, the mini trip, you know, kind of, and we've done it plenty of times. Like you go somewhere that's like an hour away for the day or yeah. whatever, um, you know, go into a new town or a new city or whatever mm-hmm. and explore a little bit. Um, <clears throat> or, you know, something simple, like, you know, if you're feeling like monotonous, like find what, cause I, I'm like that. I'm very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I'm very spontaneous. I'm also impatient when it comes to things sometimes. So like, um, you know, I might say, I remember like one time I just randomly, Hey, we're going to the casino today. Went to a casino. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and like that right there, um, you know, for me probably fueled, um, some of those responses that like incite, um, some form of excitement because it's gambling, right? Yeah. It's a thrill, mm-hmm. right? For, I mean, I hope it's a thrill for most people. Hopefully you're not like dreading gambling. That's why people are addicted to gambling. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, like went to the casino and whatever, we're going to spend a little bit of money and we're going to have a little bit of fun and we're going to have some drinks and we're going to go uh, to the buffet or dinner or what, you know, whatever, yeah. you know. Um, so just like little things like that, like you go there and, and you maybe spend a night in that city and you come back or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <clears throat> I think you can get away with stuff like that or just like simply like, it just depends what you like to do. My thing with right. the travel is like, I love to travel. I love to see new things. I've been around the world. So I've seen a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to a lot of different countries and I've seen some really cool stuff. Um, and I want to do that again in my life. But um, I know the places I want to go, I know they're not cheap, you know? So I know I'm yeah. going to need to focus on, um, you know, investments. I'm going to need to focus on, you know, doing the things I want to do now. Cause that's the thing. Like, with my fitness goals and things, it's like, I, I'm going to get to that point where I'm just not going to compete or I'm not going to do, you know, at the level I was doing and all that. Mm-hmm. So if I do go take a week long vacation, I don't worry about working out really. Cause we're, we're sightseeing, we're doing this, we're doing that. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe I get in a small workout here and there. Um, but you know, if I'm whatever, 40 years old when I do that, mm-hmm. then, you know, like, cool, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> But there's still a lot of time to travel in life, but like, it's not hard to fit. Think about it. If you have 365 days in a year and you spend seven of those on some sort of trips or one big trip, mm. is it going to kill you? No. Like, but if you're going on a trip every two months, Especially you the know, irresponsible and, ones. And and you have these goals in fitness. If you have uh, financial goals, if you have career goals, you know, things like that, that's probably going to hinder that. Oh, right? yeah. And what I see, there's a connection between taking the trip like every two months mm-hmm. and also, well, I don't really need to go work out tonight. Yep. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, I really don't need to eat that way. I got most of my macros in. So I'll just, I'll catch up tomorrow mm-hmm. with it. Or I didn't eat really well today. I'll make up for it like the next two days or something. That laziness, essentially, that like willingness to deter from what you need to be doing just carries over into all these different areas of life. Yeah. And one thing, like when you said that you came back and you saw people in their mid-20s like still doing the same thing. When I was that age and I had friends who were saying, you know, do you want to go on vacation with us? Do you want to go do this thing? I looked at, to your point about like wanting to be, still be able to travel later, mm-hmm. I looked at the way they were traveling. I was like, that's, we're poor. Yeah. We're fucking college kids. Like, yeah. this isn't fun. Yeah. The way you want to do. Like, if I'll I spend two, three grand on a trip and it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's like, I can do it in the version that I would like to do it and be broke. Yeah. Or I can do it the way that we can currently afford to do it and it's not that fun at all. So when I saw what they were doing, I then saw the version that I would want to do myself yeah. and compared it. Like, what do I need to do to get to a point where I can enjoy it the way I want to enjoy it? Yeah. Because well, take that, you know, if we're saying, like, I'm totally willing to wait to work to that. Oh, I, I kind of want to piggyback onto like the financial part of that. So like, well, <laughs> it I found ha- its way. I have to, I have to, <laughs> this, this was something like, wait, and this is big when you're younger. Right. Um, I saw people, you know, early twenties going out and just buying like insane vehicles. Right. Yeah. You know, really having mic trouble. So, (laughs) you know, they're going out and they're buying like vehicles that are twice their yearly income, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's funny because a lot of those people see them now. They've a lot of them have downgraded their vehicles. They're driving like common cars now or yeah. whatever. And maybe they learned a lesson. Or, crossed, yeah. or maybe it's they didn't get to the point they thought they were going to. And like, why did you need to drive that $100,000 BMW at 23, 24 years old? Like, Good God. what did that set for you? Oh, I know worse than that. I know, there's somebody I was making like about 40 grand a year driving like a $65,000 Jeep mm-hmm. on top of like having shit done to it. Um, on top of like toys and toys and toys, like side by sides, jet skis, like all this shit, like probably racked up over a hundred grand easily in toys. And it's like, you're going to pay on this shit forever. Yeah. <laughs> just because you can technically afford the monthly payment with what you're making, you're like, you're going to be making that monthly payment for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but that's that focusing on what everybody else is doing and this and yeah. that. It's like, you know, um, you you could have saved it, invested it, you know, waited, whatever, came out four or five years later and yeah, bought something stupid because you earned it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm sorry, unless you're getting paid a high level job at, at 20, you know, early 20s, you, you probably shouldn't be driving vehicles that are 70, 80 grand. Like unless- uh, Even if you do have that kind of in, job, unless, I don't think you should. Well, yeah, I'm saying like unless you- well, if you graduate and you're making that much already, you probably have a lot of debt too. Yeah. So you might want to take care of that first. But like, or you, if you inherited money, I, okay, whatever. Like, you're whatever. Like, and I'm talking like <laughs> different some category, ab- absurd money, not like oh, okay, my parents left me a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, because if that's the case, you should invest that and become a millionaire by the time you're early thirties. Mm. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's like. That's examples of like people focusing too much on what others are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know, for example, like the, uh, you know, the car thing, truck thing kind of is all making its rounds back around. Remember when we were young, like Fast and Furious came out mm-hmm. and everyone went out and got their cars tuned up and oh, stuff. Yeah. So that's, I feel like that's starting to make its way back through. But then now it's like the trucks. Everyone's okay. getting like big lifted trucks, doing all this shit to them, right? That was really big in the town where I grew yeah. up, actually. And Everyone liked having a jacked up truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and those parts aren't cheap. You know, those upgrades Mm-mm. aren't cheap. So you're seeing now like, you know, younger people start to get, a, and it's the same thing that happened years ago. Like you get a little bit of money and you're putting it all into your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Something that isn't going to pay you. Something that is going to depreciate over time anyway. And I'm not saying like, don't go drive nice shit. Because guess what? I'm going to drive some nice shit in yeah. my lifetime. I guarantee it. But once you've earned it. Exactly. So like, um, you know, my truck wasn't wasn't cheap by any means. It's a, it's a nice, it's older now. You know, it's 2015. But it was a nice truck at the time. And mm-hmm. uh, brand new right off the lot and stuff. Um, and... You know, I even was going to go order uh, like a brand new top of the line, you know, expensive truck and stuff. But like, you know, I wasn't going to wait for, for I like, canceled the order on that. I'm like, no. And plus the use of it, um, my use for that truck changed, right? So run this one till it dies and, you know, figure it out. Mm-hmm. But um, just because like, um, again, I don't, I don't want to go down that road too far, 
But the the whole point <laughs> behind all these that thing is just stay isolated, focus on your own shit. Right. Don't go try to impress everyone because yeah. you think you uh, you need to or whatever. Because I promise you, no one gives a fuck. You buy a nice truck, you go on a fancy vacation, people are like ooh for like thirty seconds, and then they forget you even did it mm-hmm. or even have it, unless you post it every day. Right. <laughs> unless you're in a truck club or car club and you're posting your car every day. So I mean, the whole PhD thing it ends up being a perfect example of that whole aspect. But in my case, I can't really claim too much credit for it because I came about to it like very naively. And like, it's embarrassing to say that like from the outside is like Dane followed his own path and he did his own thing. He wanted mm-hmm. to go to the beat of his own drug. No, it's like, I just didn't know shit. Yeah. And so I found myself in a situation where if I had known better in my early twenties, I would have been a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Like guaranteed, I would have been a physical therapist. I didn't. This is how completely naive and stupid I was. I didn't know that was a thing mm-hmm. that you could do and work with athletes. Yeah. When I was yeah. an undergrad. Yeah. Because it wasn't like I, well advertised. No, it was more like um, athletic trainers. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Like if you were going to work with athletes who were injured, ATC. You were an athletic trainer. Yep. And I knew friends who were in school for athletic training. I knew athletic trainers. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to be more involved in like, getting people strong again, not, you know, reacting to the moment of injury mm-hmm. when they're there. Cause that's what I thought ATCs were. And now that's really changed, but different topic. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just be a strength coach. Yeah. I guess I'll do exercise science. And then while I'm working with athletes, it's like, well, you know, I want to be more involved in what people do. I want to, as far as like helping them, we've got these kids who are feeling really tight or they're hurt and they can't do things. And all I can do is hand them a foam roller yeah, and tell them what to stretch. Like that doesn't feel productive. So looking into it, I was like, oh, well, I could go to physical therapy school, but that's like, it, even then it still didn't seem like it was a route to really work with athletes because there weren't private uh, physical therapists. Yeah. yeah. Now it's now it's starting to become everywhere. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Right. And And that's something like you're still, you're still, you know, on, you're still young enough. Like you could go and get, you could become a chiropractor. You could go become a PT. And I thought about it because the scope of practice for it is so much better in Ohio than compared to what I'm doing. My, um, my uncle, uh, I'm trying to remember how old he was. He had to be like late forties by the time he was all done with all this schooling. Mm -hmm. So he went from like. You know, like young, young guy, like volunteer firefighter, EMT, to RN, to... Okay. Um, where do you go after that? There's a transition between these. I'm going to fuck this up. Oh, my God. What are they called? Not a, not a physician's assistant. What's the other one that's kind of similar, but I think they can't prescribe drugs or something? Um, well, uh, it's, it's not the full MD. It's not a PA. Well, there's the, um, uh, the nurse doctor. practitioner. Yeah. I was going to say the DMP. Um, he became a nurse practitioner, I okay. believe, and then became a physician's assistant. Okay. So he went like boom, 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 like boom, kept... all the way up the, you know, and he could probably, I, I mean, he's in his fifties now. I doubt he wants the desire, but he could go get like a full MD probably, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, um, 
so it's never too like we i kept wondering like why the why is he still still i mean he has like seven kids so he probably needs it <laughs> probably needs to keep going to school bigger um, and bigger paycheck necessary yeah yeah um but it's a lot of mouths to feed you know he he continued on the path throughout his whole life mm-hmm. um with education so like you're never too old to continue on with something and, and for those who make excuses now mind you my uncle's not fit at all if anything um you know, there's obesity that runs in that side of the family, my non-blood side. Mm. Um, you know, he was like a smaller person for, for the most time. He's older now, you know, it happens. Yeah. But um, but mind you, he did all that schooling while still working, while supporting, you know, four, five, six kids. Mm-hmm. Like the oldest one is my age, a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a year younger than me. And, or no, I'm sorry. No, she's my age. Yeah, we graduated the same year. Um, my age, the youngest is like four. Oh wow! Yeah, that's the spread. Like it's that's a big spread. He had um, my fir- first three cousins are all within about six years of each other. Okay, and then there's like a gap, some gaps from there, right? So he not only continued to have kids, <laughs> he also continued <laughs> to further his education, um, and move up the ladder. And still work. I don't know when the fuck he slept, but you know, it, especially with constant newborns in there. Yeah, it happened. But I'm sure he went through that process of like isolation. Mm-hmm. Keep to yourself. Do what you got to do. Get right. shit done. You know. So, um, <clears throat> there's there's so many ways we could go down this this path of like what I'm talking about about staying isolated, but. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to add to it or you want to get to these questions? No, that's about it. I think it was important when we made the note, like not the literal isolation, just the idea of hiding a box, right? Mentally figuring out a way to stay in your own lane, focus on what it is that you want to focus on. And if that involves doing forms of like, I I don't know, be like communication isolation, but basically like stay off of social media or find ways to, not see the things that are going to deter you from what it is that you want to yeah. focus on. I th- I think, you know, then, I, you know, I don't want to cut do you. That. I don't want to cut you off here, but like I think part of the problem is social media has become so big that people feel like they have to like and yes, like self-promotion, I understand brand, I get all that. I yeah. get you have to. The algorithms, it's how it works and all that shit. But here's the thing, if you're working on some projects outside of that or you're working on your fitness, like I'm not saying don't post you know, cause you can still post, throw it out there, what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, but like, don't try to front to people and, and show online, like, look what I'm doing. And you're really not doing shit behind the scenes. Right. Right. If you, if you are working behind the scenes and maybe you, you got nothing to say, don't say anything, then come out like, Hey motherfuckers, look what I'm doing. You know, you I, know, and it's like, yeah. whatever. I have, hand, I have a handful of friends. They don't post anything for like four months. Yeah. And they'll post like one thing and it's them like in a section of Yellowstone National Park. And you're like, how, when the hell did you get out there? Yeah. And like uh, someone did it the other day. They posted a picture of a chance that they got to see the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. And they went out and did that. I didn't know they were that part of the country. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't heard of them for a while. Yeah. But they, you know, check in. They post these things. You get to see a portion of what's going on. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
And you can tell, like, they're very focused on going after the things that they wanted to do. They just happen to allow us to see it from time to time. I think it was, uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was Lindsay. I was showing me, like, uh, or telling me about her, someone she went to school with, like, on social media. Like, they traveled from, like, I think Mexico to, like, Canada or something. Like, you know, went up the strip through there, through mountains, through all the shit, and, like, was just documenting it took them like six months or something to get through it all mm-hmm. of all the places they saw and all the things they did and all this stuff. Um, so like shit like that's cool to see, but, um, you know, that's that, a different form of literal isolation. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I want to say, don't quote me on this. I think the person finished a fairly hard degree. So it might've just been like, okay, I'm going to take this break before I enter in my career field. Yeah. You know, because they probably know it's going to be a, a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, something in medical, might have even been doctor or something. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was like this hiatus, I guess, mm-hmm. of going and seeing stuff before you really, probably before you settle down into the career, all that. So um, I would also say the person who might hear this and think that they don't want to be in isolation or they don't want to have that is the person who probably needs it. Yeah. Uh, this was a conversation I had with somebody else at one point where like, we are often terrified to be with our own thoughts mm-hmm. because of the things that we're going to hear ourselves say or yep. hear ourselves think. And if that is you, then like you probably need that Yeah. because there's some, there's just some shit that you got to work out in there. And like when you talked about having that time by yourself when you were in the military and it really helped you to figure out what your priorities and what your goals were like, yeah. really like, focus on that and cement that I would bet like having a conversation with those people if you ask them what are your goals what are your priorities they probably wouldn't be able to give you a definitive answer Mm -hmm. because they haven't checked in with themselves they don't know really what's going on inside yeah yeah it's it's interesting because when you get to that mind state that mindset too it's like you start talking to like people you've known your whole life you know but you just start to see like man you're really not doing anything more than what you're doing yeah there. like you're really not you don't want more like you don't want to do more mm-hmm. and maybe i have a fucking weird addiction to like <laughs> always trying to do better and i you know and that self-talk or like things i've talked with Lindsay is like you know when is it enough like when will i be like content i have no fucking clue yeah it's definitely a double-edged sword you know what i mean i have no clue right mm-hmm.